0: And this week, I, I want to open up the scriptures on what it looks like to have a healthy relationship in your dating season. And so, what's interesting to me is that dating isn't in the scriptures at all. Like, if you were to pull out your phone right now and type in, "does dating is dating in the Bible, you won't be able to find it. Like, there, there's not an actual definition of what dating looks like in the scriptures. But there's a lot of different understandings and perspectives of how we should be posturing ourselves to date someone, to have a relationship with someone. But you know what's interesting? I remember being a little kid in uh, elementary school. And if you could go back with me, like go back when you were in elementary school and you were walking around and you saw that girl and it was like so, it was like friendly. It was all friendly love, right? It was like the birds and the bees. And there would be like this, this chant that sometimes people would sing. And it, was, it would go like this. Uh, Sammy and Kelly sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes, then comes, then comes a... <laughs> and like, what's so crazy is, is we, we have been inundated on what love should look like and the chronological order just of that song in general. The, the studies show in psychology and, and the, the study of our brain and how we develop from ages really zero to like four to five If you're a psychology major, you would know that in those moments, in that season of life, as a a child, as a little kid, you are learning. You're beginning to develop who you are, your personality, the way you think, the the worldview to which you see the world. And it's very interesting that you're taught things at a little age that will will move on to the rest of your life. Like certain understandings, certain perspectives will carry you that mindset that you might have had when you were five years old, that thing that you saw your parents do, that way that someone talked to you, that perspective you had, you, you begin to carry that into your adulthood. And so like we sing this song and it's like, it's all cool. Like it's, yeah, that's awesome. Like, okay, we're, we're kissing. Like, but think of the chronological order of that. First we're kissing, like what? we're kissing, and then, and then just out of nowhere, we fall in love, and then after we fall in love, we get married, and then after we get married, we have kids. I don't know about you. I mean, Kelly and I, like we met here in junior high. It didn't happen that way. We weren't like out of nowhere week two sitting in a tree kissing. That's not how it worked for us. Like There was a progression, and I w- I'm so passionate about this like, I'm, I'm really excited to just like dive into this because I truly believe if you're in church today, you wanna know a little bit about dating in regards to the scriptures. So if it's okay, like, I'm, I'm gonna like, like come to your home a little bit. I, I, I wanna have a conversation, a dialogue with you, and it might be a little uncomfortable, but I truly believe that the church doesn't really talk much about this. Like, you know what we've been taught? At least this is how I was taught, Sammy. You don't have sex until you're married. But like everything before that, I, I didn't have any instruction. I didn't have like a, a, a guideline. I didn't have a manual into who I should be choosing and who I should pick and who I should talk to and who I should look for. It was just don't, don't even think about having sex until you're married. So we're 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 expressed that we're given this like this persona of like sex is like amazing, but like you better not be doing it until you're married. And so then that here's marriage and it's great and it's awesome, and it's wonderful and it's beautiful, but then like what am I supposed to do over here because we don't talk about the steps that I need to take, the guidelines I need to have, the characteristic, the, the way to honor God. How do I do that here in this space before I get married? And so I wanna, I wanna walk with you in, in uh, man, I have a lot of scripture on, on this because what's interesting is I said it that like dating isn't in the Bible, but there's so many applications and perspectives and understandings on, on this topic. So, the, here I, I wrote this down because I wanted to like give us an understanding. And, and again, this is the healthy, in my opinion, a healthy progression of relationship. Like here it is. I, I wrote this down, and we talked about it. Singleness. Like, I've apologized to guys here that are in my circle because like I, I'm always just like pushing them to get married or find someone to think about getting married. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like man, like, let's like, talk about some options for you. Like, I'm gonna pull out my Instagram feed and show you. Like, Do you like her? Like, what do you think about her? And, and, and it's like, I, I want, because I know it's like, marriage is so beautiful, and I know like, having someone is so amazing, but I've apologized. Even like a conversation I had, I have a buddy that came from Pittsburgh, and we were in a coffee shop one time, and I'm sitting on this side of marriage, and he's sitting on this side of singleness, and he's like, bro, I just gotta focus on my like, on me like my singleness. And I remember thinking in that moment, and I've shared this with him, like, like why, why not like figure that out while you're dating someone? Yet there was so much wisdom. I truly believe the epidemic of divorce, 50% of, of people who get married end in divorce. Isn't that like crazy? And like the church, it doesn't, it's not much lower than that. It's pretty up there. People in the church that go to church, that read the scriptures, that, that bring your marriage to the church, that honor God, like there's, there's an epidemic happening within our culture. And I truly believe the issue starts with singleness. I really do. Like if, if we could understand that God has created me with purpose, God has created me with destiny, God has put things inside of me, so I need to understand my character, who I am. I need to work on me. And I remember sitting and having this conversation, and now I look back after like doing so much like studying of this and being around people that are in their dating season, engagement season, before they get married, and I'm like, man, singleness is like really important. And for some reason, the church like kind of is like, no, it's marriage. It's like, it's marriage, it's like this. Let's have a conversation about this because the Bible talks about marriage. The Bible's specific on marriage. So let's have a conversation, dialogue about this. But like singleness and dating, ah. So I wanna, I wanna like bring that up and have that conversation. So there's singleness. It's important, a very important time in your life to find purpose, get identity, know who you are. We talked about this in, the, in that message. It's what Jesus talks about when someone says, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he says to Love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. So step one, as a single, just a recap for all of us, and every person in marriage, engagement, dating, divorce, wherever you're at, the step one to having a healthy relationship with God and others, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Give him everything. Give him your heart. Give him your perspective. Let, allow him to be the center of your universe. And then step two is love yourself. Jesus says, love yourself as you love your neighbor. So it really, like, know who you are. Get some purpose under it. Get some identity. Know that you're secure without anyone else. And then love others. Then you can do that. But we get it like, sometimes we get that all twisted. And it's like different categories, different ways. I'm gonna love this person first. And then like years later, I don't know who I am. And then we broke up and it's like, who am I anymore? Like, I don't, man, I spent 10 years, five years, 20 years with this person, but I never developed who I was as an individual. And the second the second progression is is dating, like really intentional dating. We're going to talk about that t- today. After that's engagement, like there should be a period of engagement where you're planning to get married, where you're getting ready, you're doing the preparation, you're getting all excited like if you want to honor God, you're like, oh, I don't even want to go to your house anymore because I'm like, so I know we're going to get married, but like my mind's tripping out and like, ah, it'll be okay if we, you know, but like I got to stay focused and I got to stay pure and you're just so, I can't wait, I'm, I'm going to be with you forever and it's just like, there's this engagement season and then there's marriage and then I, I put love like at the end, by the way, um, I, like here's, here's the thing, I, I, I believe people can Find love outside of marriage. I'm just saying being on this side of marriage, man, you, you get a whole nother definition of ma- of love. Any, can, can I get a raise of hands for those married in this room? Who Who's married here? Raise your hand. I see you, mom. <laughs> the married people will say, I guarantee you if we were to have them up on stage and be like, hey, did you love that person the same way you did when you were dating and engaged than, than you do now? Like what was the definition here compared to here? And the reason I say that and the reason I throw that out to you is because our culture is so like, and I'm not putting away, you can find that desire and that passion for someone. There's a spark. There's excitement. There's. I, I wanna know you deeper. I wanna get engaged. you. I, I wanna spend the rest of my life with you. But love? If we're talking about the type of love that Jesus talks about in the scriptures, it's sacrificial. You gotta be willing to die for that person. And I don't know about you, and we're in church, so let's just be honest. The way that you treat someone when you're single and dating is gonna be way different than the way that you treat them when you're married. After like all the weeds are like settled and all the goosebumps and the butterflies and it's amazing and it's like, oh man, you're just so good looking. Like those biceps, those abs, that's amazing. Like I can't wait to be with you. I love you. I wanna spend every moment with you. But then when the, when the dust settles and you've been married for a while, it's like real life. So now I have to choose to love you. That's, I'm choosing to love you. There's always that spark. There's always that desire. There's always that passion But if love begins to be a verb and an action as opposed to, no, I choose this every day, day in and day out, I am sacrificing my future, I'm sacrificing my heart, my, my desire, my goals, everything. Like we're gonna do this together, so let's sacrifice. When you get married, I've been able to marry a couple people and it's like, the vows are really important, right? Like I'm with you through thick and thin, come hell or high water, girl, I got you, I got you, like if you get sick and you're like in the bed, I got you, but like, I, <laughs> I don't wanna, like there's just so many things that you'll experience when you're married that you would never experience when you're single. Yet, here's my dilemma, here's the dilemma of the scriptures, here's the dilemma of our culture, sometimes we're waking up love way too soon where we're starting to be experience some of the things that God has in store for our heart, the way he created us. Marriage is a good thing. Sex is a good thing. That's all great. It's, it, God created it for us, but in its due time. And the reason I bring this up is because if I'm just being honest, like, there's a lot of dysfunction in our culture in regards to relationships. Would you agree? Like, I'm a pastor. God's called me to do this. I love this so much. I love sitting down and having coffee with people, talking about life with people, and then we get into the real nitty gritties of life. And there are people that I know that are damaged and, and life is hard for them because of the choices that their parents made. I know people that on the other side of being a child and their parents, their mom and dad split up when they were young, they weren't ever together, there was never a healthy relationship and so now there's there's people that are scarred and broken by something that happened when they, if they could have honored God in the beginning, if they could have done it right the first way, if they would have honored the progression, there's health that comes from it. And then there's, I, I talked about love you see, we confuse, <laughs> I wrote this down, we confuse passion for lust. We confuse love for passion, or, or love for lust. It's like this four-letter word, and it's like, girl, I love you. Like, we're, we're dating, and like, you're looking fine, and everything's good, and I, I gotta make sure, like, you're, everyone sees you. You're my social official, like, on Instagram and Facebook, and like, there's so much fleshly arousion that's taken place, and we might confuse lust, we might confuse love for lust. And like, I'm just being honest, I'm just like throwing it out, I'm just just expressing the honest truth that there are times where we think we are so in love with someone, but yet the only thing that keeps us going is the lust, is the drive, is the, the sexual aspect when like, I gotta be honest, that's not everything in marriage. My goodness, that's just the icing on the cake. Everything else we gotta figure out, we gotta understand. So it's so important to have this conversation. And then I wrote children at the end, right? Like out of healthy matrimony, out of health we produce, out of our love for each other, our sacrifice for each other, then we'll have kids. And the only reason I bring this up and the only reason I would encourage you to write this down, and here's the thing, there's so much grace if if this has not been your progression. But if you're in this room and you're a single and you're like, man, I like really like this girl and, and I, I really wanna see what happens with this person or man, I just wanna find someone, I'm so tired of being single. Like if you're in this room and, and you, you have a, a one up on a lot of people, if you're in that first phase and you wanna honor God and you wanna put God first then there's some healthy steps to take because a lot of times we, we have kids in a different order then like that song, first comes love, marriage, then a baby in a baby carriage, right? Well, there's so many different songs of that in our culture today, right? First comes kids. And then, like, maybe, like, maybe we'll get married. Like, we're just living together. We're doing our thing. Like, I'm doing me. You do you. Sometimes we share our money. Like, I'll pay for the gas this time. But next time, it's my money. You got to pay for the gas next time. And so we'll, we'll have kids, and it's great, and it's awesome. And then, like, maybe we'll get marriage, married. And then after, it's like, I got to try really hard to love you. And sometimes, I'm just throwing it out there, there might be a healthy progression to all of this. Unhealthy progression. So I wrote this down. Uh, dating, you got to pick the good juicy fruit. <laughs> the, the good, you know what's crazy in our culture? There are literally professionals that will help us know what classes today for, for, to take for school. Like, hey, you want to get this degree? Okay, you got to do this. And let me walk you through this. And let me pick the right fruit for you. This is the right class. I wouldn't take that many classes at that amount of time. That's kind of crazy. You're working. ah, And there's all this instruction. Oh, you want a house? Okay, you want a three-bedroom, two-bath? Great, you want a yard in it? Oh, you you want to be in that neighborhood. And there's so many people that are professional of teaching you how to pick the right fruit in so many other areas. And I would argue, instead of like this whole dating marriage thing, Like, we're told in church that it's a good thing for marriage, it's a good thing, for it's all that's great, but like, I need somebody to help me pick the right fruit. I'll even go as far to say this, like, I I had an amazing, healthy upbringing, but I can't remember, like, being five, four years old, my mom sitting down with me saying, well, here's the deal, Sammy, there's gonna be girls in the future, and you might like them, and they might like you, but there's like, there's some levels to this. There's some steps in this. There's some characteristic expressions to this. We gotta gotta have some conversations because who you choose might determine the course of your future, good or bad. So you gotta learn how to pick the right fruit. And this is what the scripture says because I honestly believe, and I know we would all be honest to say, especially those that are a byproduct of pain, especially those that have found themselves in like unhealthy situations and now there's really nothing you can do because here's the thing, I gotta be honest, and I said this, once you're married, in the most amazing way, like you're stuck. Get used to it. Like, you, 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 I'm with you, girl. Like, me and Kelly, you're my ride or die. Like, we're doing this together. I don't care how many times we fight. I don't, how, I don't care how many times we argue. Like, we, we got to fake it till we make it. Sometimes we're going to do it how we do it. Like, we're just going to make it happen. And come hell or high water, we're in this together. There's no jumping ship when we're married. And Jesus says, only when there's adultery. Like, outside of that, you're stuck. So, like, get, get the shovel. I'm gonna start doing this. I kid you not. I'm gonna start when I marry people now, my gift to them is gonna be a shovel. I kid you not. I can't, cause now it's like me and Kelly have been at it for five years. I've known her for a long time. There are so many things I did not know about Kelly on this side of singleness and dating. Like, I had no idea. I could go down the list. That doesn't mean it disqualifies anything, it just means that there's levels to dating and relationships and understanding. So, you gotta know how to choose your fruit wisely. It's got to be juicy too, like the good fruit. We want good fruit, right? We want healthy fruit. Find me someone that owns a vineyard that has a bunch of grapes, and that man's going to go, he's going to show us that, oh, okay, so this one, let me, let me come here. I got to be, this one, juicy. You want to pick that one, let me show you how to pick it. You got to cut it this way, and then we package it, and then sometimes we stomp on it if we want wine, and it's like, it's oh, it's good, it's good. That fruit, no, not that fruit. And honestly, I feel at times no one helps us in this whole relationship, especially in dating. But I gotta be honest, as a pastor in the majority of this room being young adult, like there's a dilemma going on where we're so fixated on the outside appearance that we could care less about the inside. We're so focused first on the outside before the inside. Yet, there needs to be character and understanding, so we're gonna, we're gonna go through that. So here's the scripture, because we need to have an understanding of knowledge. I wrote this down. And Hosea it says this in the scripture, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. This is a time and season in the scriptures where all hell has broken loose on this region, the, the Israelites. And they don't know what to do because they've, they've forgot the, the truth. They forgot about the knowledge. They forgot about the the good, juicy fruit that was presented to them by God. And God says, if you would just honor me and and, and follow me and understand my ways, there's some good, healthy, juicy fruit filled with milk and honey, and I want you to have all of it. But there's some guidelines. And now, because we've, we've we've chose to step outside of what God wants to do with our life and for our life and the boundaries and the guidelines he's given us, and we're settling for less. We're settling for destruction and for pain. And so the scripture says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because you've rejected knowledge. The message version says this. My people are ruined because they don't know what's true or what's right. So here's the message. And I got like 15 minutes, like give or take. I have so much to say. I honestly was thinking about doing part two of this. But I want to just walk you down some of the truths honestly. I've looked at the scriptures, some of the truths that I believe we need to have in order to honor. If, if you're not wanting to honor God, you can kind of dismiss like what I'm saying, to be honest. But if you're like, no, I, I want to honor God. I want to do this thing right. Because when I have kids, I want to be able to look them in their eyes and say, you know, I, I messed up here and there, but I honored God. I, I, I made some mistakes, but... We, we made a, a shift in our, in our marriage, we made a shift in our relationship, we made a shift when we were dating, and we chose to honor God. So the Bible, like what's the Bible clear on? I wrote this down. The Bible's very clear on company, who you surround yourself with. The Bible's very clear on boundaries. The Bible is very clear on character of people that would be life partners. Here's the history of dating, just a quick snapshot. Ancient times, there was no, like dating was foreign. You don't date. If you're a king, you're given like this is your wife. You don't have a choice because there's some territory we need to take over. And so I'm just gonna set this up for you, son, or daughter. Like you, sorry, if you don't think he's good looking, sorry. You, you got to make this happen. And so in the ancient times, often times it was it was set up elsewhere. And really, this is a message for marriage. Really, that the, the the standard, the, the seal of approval of marriage coming together was sex, if I could be honest. Like, there wasn't dating seasons or processes trying to figure you out, let's go get some coffee, let's have conversation. No, you just like dove right in. And now we live in a culture in a time and season where we've heard of this language called courting. You guys heard of that? Courting basically is, I, as soon as we get together, I want you to know I want to marry you or at least the thought of like marrying you. So we got to like really figure it out. And if it doesn't work along the way, if we don't see eye to eye, if if my qualification doesn't fit yours or mine, like we can just settle and say, see you later. And dating is just like, ah, I don't know if I want to marry you. Like I'm just trying to figure it out. And like, then we have people dating for like 15 years. (laughs) And I'm like, what's going on? Like you got to ask yourself why, right? So, there's, there's dating and then there's courtship. And by the way, both of them are man-made. They're both man-made. I would argue as long as you make God the middle, make him the center. Like if this was, like if it's just let's say this was God. And if you wanna honor God, if you wanna put God first, then he automatically is the center of your universe. He's the center of your life. He's The way that you, you look at the world is through the lens of God and of Jesus. So everything I do, if I want to honor God, is, is through him. He's the center. Oftentimes, it's like a year in, hey, God, I really, like, I've given, like, a lot to this person, and I know the Bible didn't, like, I know the Bible says not to have sex before my body did. I messed up, and now there's, like, this, oh, I'm, like, so broken. I want to be with this person, and God's like, well, that person is the center of your life. Like, where am I? And then we try to bring God into our lives when it should be the other way around. No, God, you're the center. So hey, you like, we wanna get coffee, great. I need you to know that God's the center of my life first. I need you to know that here here are the qualifications that I have. First and foremost, I love God. You gotta be okay with that. I wanna honor God. I want God to be the first in everything I do. I want him to be the first in every decision I make. I'm just like a Jesus freak. Like, there might be, like, you just have to know that if God is in the middle, if God is in the center, you're setting yourself up for success. You're setting yourself up for health. And by the way, when God's in the middle, he'll teach you about character. When God's in the middle, he'll teach you about unhealth. When God's in the middle, he'll he'll actually, if you invite him into your life, the scripture says that we have the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to convict us. When you're with someone you know you're not supposed to be with, because they're breaking your destiny, the Holy Spirit will say, unhealth, unhealthy, unhealthy. I need, I need to be the center of your life. If, this, if I'm not the center of your life, you're setting yourself up for unhealth. So if God's in the middle, the results are a little bit different. Many of us ask God for his blessing and his results, but you never let him be in the middle. I, I don't know about you, there have been so many times in my life <laughs> that i prayed to God knowing I was, like, wrong. And I was just asking him to, like, bless it. God, I know, like, I know, like, ah, I know you don't really honor this, but, like, is there any way you could show up? Like, I really like this girl, God, and, like, you know everything that we've been through. And like, she's so good looking. And God, like you see her heart when she's like in her family. Like, I, like, she's just so good, but like, I know she doesn't go to church. I get, I know, but like God, can you move her heart? Can you woo her to come to church? And maybe she could start serving. Could you do something in her heart so that she could, or he, and, and it's just like God saying like, am I the sinner or are they? When God is in the middle of everything, when He surrounds, when you allow him to surround every aspect of your life, there's health. First Corinthians says this, I love this. I have the right to do anything. You know the Bible says that? You have the right to do anything? I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. This literally is in the context of like, Having sex outside of marriage and using your body, the time and context of Corinth, they were like, think of like Vegas and no one cared, right? No one cares when you go to Vegas. What's the saying, the motto? What what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? So that's literally in the landscape of if I mess up and do something really bad, like no one needs to know about it. So we look at the Corinth, we look at the city of Corinth, the the, the town, the city, the expression of modern day Vegas where there are orgies, there are goddesses, there's people having sex in front of like statues, the statue of Aphrodite, like it's just crazy chaotic and it's like a culture puffed up with sex. It's like sex, 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 pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. My body is my body, I'm gonna do with my body how I wanna do it and Paul's saying no, no, no. You have, I have the right to do anything you say but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything and everything, but not everything is constructive. Did you know that your Bible says that? That sometimes there's so much more value in what is beneficial than what you're doing. Like, God wants the benefit. He wants you to benefit. He wants you to progress. He wants you to grow. He wants you to have understanding. He wants you to have knowledge. He wants you to be set up for success. He wants you healthy. But what's crazy about the Bible, if I could be honest, is like, we, have, we can do whatever we want, but there's ramifications that come with it. Second Corinthians 6.14 says, do not, I don't know if you've heard this one, do not be yoked together with unbelievers Now this is in the context, if you would consider yourself a believer to honor God, if you're, again, honoring God, I'm a believer, I've sacrificed my heart, my life, I've given it to God, I wanna change the way I am, I wanna change the way I do things like God, I'm with God. You're considering yourself a believer in Christ. The scripture says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? I talked about this when we had that panel, right? If you're dating someone, here's here's a a great marker for you. If you're like, I don't know if I should be with this person or not. If you're dating with someone and you constantly have to go to the darkness and pull them out and try to get them into the light, you probably, in a lot of ways, should jump ship. If you have to continually go, man, like you're in the darkness, I gotta like, I gotta convince you, I gotta lure you to get into the light and that, that's called, like, it's a Christian term called missionary dating. Like, you're not a Christian, and I'm a Christian, and I'm going to get you saved. Like, man, God's going to love, like, God loves you, and it's my duty to get you into the light. When you're dating, you're stepping on very, like, unhealthy ground, It's completely different if you're not dating that person. Your job really, our call, should always bring people into the light. Let me show you the goodness of God. Let me show you the mercy of God. But when you're setting yourself up for a dating relationship, my question to you would be if you're a believer, like what are you doing? Are you okay with this? Because there's levels to this. I wrote this down that there, there should be some qualifications to who you're going to date and spend your time with. I was just having a, a conversation with a good friends of mine that that just got engaged. And <laughs> I actually love that like my buddy went over to like conv- like talk to her about this whole like I, I wanna be with you, I wanna do this right. And like it was like an intense interview. They said, like, five hours later, they're having this intense conversation about life, about how you do things, who you spend your time with, how you dress, how you walk, how you talk, how you express yourself on social media. And by the way, that should be happening. You should be, you should have a qualification list in your back pocket. And there's some of us that are going on dates and we've already settled for less. They're not even meeting our standard. They're not even meeting the qualification. First, hopefully, is that they love God, and if they don't, what are you doing? if we're just being honest. There should be qualifications to who you're dating. Many people are getting in dating relationships and there is no common ground. Isn't that crazy? I'm I'm, I'm literally saying this, that who you let into your heart, like I'll prove it to you in the scripture, who you allow into the intricate part of your heart. The heart is expressed sometimes as your soul. Like it's, 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 you, you can't like take your heart out and then it's just like see you later. It's like, it's a part of your spirit. It's a part of your soul. It's, it's in deep. Theologians will argue that the heart and the mind are interconnected. It's the very essence to way the, to which you see life, live life, walk life, understand about life. It's, it's deep in you. And yet there are so many of us that don't even have boundaries around our heart. In the military times, in ancient times, if you had an enemy coming against you, you would set up boundaries. You would set up walls around your, your home, walls around the castle, walls around your heart. And it doesn't matter who you are. i got to make sure you're friendly. i got to make sure I can trust you. i got to make sure you have some qualifications. And then I'll let you in. And then we can have some talks but I truly believe there are times where we let people into our lives and you might not have married them, but they might have said something about your purpose that ruined you. They might have spoke something over your life because they were jealous of you. They might have said something that hit on, like you wanted to go to school and do that thing, but they just brought you down every time, every time. Why, Why did they have so much weight? Why did their words mean so much? It's because you've allowed them into your heart. So we have to be very, very careful who we're letting in here. I wrote this down. It's okay to go on a date. Did you know that? Like, it's all right to go on a date. And (laughs) there's sometimes like the girls make it a really big deal. And it's like, I went on a date with him. And it's like a big deal. And it's like, man, it was just like an evening. Like you guys are getting married now? It's like we're, She's already talking about like spending the rest of their, her life with this person. And it's like a date's just an event. It's just something that happens. And that's when there should be some qualification interview questions. Like who are you? How, how are you? And, and that's another thing. You should be watching them from a distance. If you have the advantage of seeing them from a distance, watch how they walk and talk. Ooh, I like the way they talk to that. I like the way they encourage other people. I like the way that they they shine light into people's conversation. I like the way that they are. I like the way that they move and they groove. I really just want to like we can we can have a conversation cuz I've seen the outside exterior. So let's let's get in there. Let's let's talk. Let's have some conversations. Oh, you know. I don't really like work and uh there's a reason. You know, I'm just I'm still living at home, and, like, you can't judge me. Like, I'm living at home, and I'm 30, though. And, um, you know, and it's like, if that's your qualification, like, see you later. You, you've already, it's nice, it's nice hanging out with you. Not my qualification. Not my standard, you know. And yet we will give ourselves, give our heart to someone, and they didn't even meet the right standard to begin with. And then we wonder why a lot of times there's pain you should see if there are any qualifications to any date. First Corinthians says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, what does it say? Do it all for the glory of God. My question to you if you're in a dating relationship, is your relationship glorifying God? No, like if we could see like what you really do, are you glorifying God? I I know I'm just like getting a little like too personal, but like if we could really see how you talk to each other when no one else is around, are you, are you glorifying God? Because my, my Bible says, the scripture says that when I give honor to God, when I glorify God, when I, when I listen to the things that God is calling me to do, that he takes care of me. He's my, my father, and so I live in his home, and the home has some guidelines, and he's saying, hey, don't do this. It's bad, it's pain, it's destruction, it's brokenness. You live in my house. I'm gonna honor you. I'm gonna, you got the ring, you're doing great, you got authority here. But, like, just honor my guidelines, my qualifications, yet we step outside of God's favor because we're so driven by lust or flesh or what the culture says or what people say. And then we find ourselves on the other side of pain, brokenness, and destruction because we weren't willing to sit down and talk through and think through truth and glorifying God. I wrote this down, dating is not a destination. Isn't that, uh, do you guys know that? Dating is not a destination. And I get it, everyone has a story. I'm not trying to judge, I'm not trying to cast conviction, but like there literally are times where I'm like, hey, how, how, long, how long have you guys been dating? Like, oh, 15 years. And I'm like, ooh, why? Like, what's going on? And it's like, honestly, our culture has said dating can be a destination. It can be destination. It could, it's okay to kind of land here and be okay here and, and, and sit here. But really, dating should be a transportation. Dating should be from one stage to the next, and you have time in between, you have grace in the space to figure out if they have enough qualification to step into the next season of life, which is finding the destination, which hopefully is marriage, right? I wrote date date with purpose. The worship team, you guys can come on up. Date with purpose. If you cannot see yourself marrying them, why why are you with them? Like, honestly, if we could have a, like, talk-to-talk talk about life and get some coffee, and we're chatting, and it's just like that straightforward question. Like, hey, I see you're dating this person. How are you doing? Oh, you know, like, I don't know. I've been with them for, like, five years, and I got a lot of history with them. And and it's like, well, can you see yourself marrying them? Not really. It's like, well, what are you doing? You know what's crazy? We, like, we can't get time back. Did you know that? Like, we... We're not granted time whenever we want. Time is just ticking and it's going. And I I hate to be that guy to remind you, but like we can get in relationships that we know we should not be in. And then five years later, because our heart was in it, you're, you're looking back and you're like, man, I really wanted to do that. I wanted to go to that school. I wanted to find that out. I wanted to go to that place. I, I wanted to step into this season. I wanted to do ministry in a different way, but I chose and I settled to be with this person, and now I'm sitting, and I've lost time because they weren't calling my purpose out of me. You might, you might have to help me out because I forgot the name. What's the girl's name in Lion King? N- Nali? Nala? Okay, I'm, I'm this guy. Seriously, I'm this guy. I was so amped up. When in the movies, because the Lion King, it's such a, like, it's so sad because I knew it was going to happen with the father, and then Simba goes, and he's just like, Scar's like, don't ever come back. Leave. Your purpose and destiny is over. See you later. And Simba runs away, and he's moping, he's sad, Hakuna Matata, and then, what's your name, Nali? Nala. Nala. Sorry, sorry, Taylor. Nala comes up. And you know what, it, it, like, because I'm thinking about all this, I see Nala, and she's strong, isn't she? She's got some security. She knows who she is. And they're like, he's like, let me show you. No, before we even have, let me just show you how good it is here. Oh, it's good. And Nala's like, you're, you're a king. You got purpose. What are you doing? And she literally says, I'll go do it on my own then. But by the way, Simba, you got a purpose and a destiny and a plan for your life. I I don't know about you, but if you're on the other side of marriage and you're thinking about dating someone and they're not calling your purpose out of you and bringing it out of you and calling you to more, you should jump ship. Because your destiny at times can be distorted because of the person you choose to be with. Imagine if Nala went up to Simba and was like, yeah, let's stay here. Let's stay. I'm good here. It's nice, Akuna matata. And there's no purpose that's driven out of you. I know every single person in this room has purpose and destiny written all over your soul, all your life, over your future, and you got to know it's important, it's imperative in your singleness, in your dating. I will go say, as far as say, in your engagement, you've got to know that they're going to bring out purpose in you. You've got to know that they're going to call you to more, that you've got to know that they're going to say, hey, why aren't you doing what you said you were going to do? So it's important, it's important. I'm almost done. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death and destruction. You have to be careful who you allow, align your heart to. There's so much more, but I, I, I gotta end with this. In Proverbs four twenty three it says this. It says, guard, what does it say? Your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Like that's in the Bible, guys. Like, that's crazy. If we could just sit and talk about that the rest of the time, like, there would be so much truth given to our soul. Are you allowing people, a relationship, a person, into the intricate part of your heart and soul? And are they bringing brokenness to you? Do you find yourself so much more in pain rather than with purpose? And I would say, if you're in the dating season, even engagement season, if you're in the time and place where you're a little iffy because the qualifications seem to slip away, if your heart is not connecting well with them, if you've allowed God to be the center of everything and there's yellow flags and red flags popping up every single day, I'm, I'm begging with you I've seen it. I've had conversations with people where the end is in mine, and, and, and they're broken and distraught, and they're saying, I just wish I could go back here, and I wish I wouldn't have done that because I did that, and then I had some kids, and now I'm here, and he's not even with me anymore. He doesn't even care about me anymore, so now I'm stuck here, and if I could, man, if I could just, if I could go back here, and if I would have guarded my heart, If I would have allowed God to be the center of everything, if I would have put some boundaries and had checked my company, if I would have done it right, if I would have been honest about where I was and who I was with, the trajectory of my life could be different. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines, it is the course of your life, of your destiny, of your purpose. Would you stand with me? I know some of you guys are like, man, you got all in my business. I just want you to be encouraged and know that like this thing's serious and God loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And so often we could let the wrong person into our heart and it could get painful and broken. And all the while you could say, I don't need to do this. Like, I don't need that. So I want to pray for you and, and encourage you and remind you that God loves you so much. He has your heart in his hand. And he woos you and he calls you. But it's important that we have the right people around. It's important that we have the right friends. It's important we have the right community to call us to more. That's our like song here at COIN, seriously. We're just gonna call you to more. Like I, no, I need you to call me to more, Nelson. I know I, like my shot isn't good and like you gotta help me with it. It's like, it, like little things like that, like call me to more. What am I doing wrong? I wanna grow. I want to progress. I want to step into my purpose. So I know I got to have the right girl on my shoulder. I know I got to be the right girl for my the right guy for my girl. I know it's important that we're in this together. We're growing together. We're, we're we're striving together. It's like Simba and that girl that I keep forgetting the name. So let me pray for you and we'll finish with worship. Jesus, I love you so much, God. I know you have a plan and purpose. For every, every Every person in this room, God, if there are people in this room that are in dating relationships, that they know something's just off. God, I pray that they would have the right conversations. God, there might be people in this room that aren't in dating relationships. I pray that you would give them the right framework and understanding of the right person, the right people, the right understanding, the right qualifications to surround themselves with. We love you, Jesus, and we give this all to you. In your name we pray, amen, amen.